Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We're going to jump right into our topic today, and it is how the Antichrist is able to deceive the world. We're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, very important chapter of biblical prophecy. Just by way of quick review, the new Christians in Thessalonica imagined that they have missed the second coming of Christ. In this epistle that St. Paul writes to them, he says that there are four important events that would precede the second coming. He starts off the chapter by saying, now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then he mentions these four major things that have to occur before the second coming. One, there's going to be a worldwide apostasy in countries and cultures formerly Christian. An apostasy is a falling away from something. To, a, to be an apostate from Christianity, you have to have a former Christian country, Christian culture, and individual faith. Number two, after apostasy, the restrainer is removed. And I argued that St. Michael the Archangel is that restrainer, and that was episodes 33 and 34 of Luke 21 Radio, in case you want to catch up on that. And then number three, probably almost coinciding with that removal of restraint, or or at least shortly thereafter, the man of lawlessness, or the Antichrist, would appear proclaiming himself to be God over a self-deified humanity. In other words, we're all God, and he claims himself to be the big God over all the gods. In other words, people thinking they're gods themselves. And number four, and this is what we're talking about today, there will be a worldwide deception by Satan and the Antichrist that will be quite successful. So I'd like to ask the question, you know, in our modern world, everybody thinks they're kind of sophisticated and all this knowledge at our fingertips through the internet and such. How in the world could the Antichrist pull off such a grand worldwide deception? Well, there are four verses in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that tells us how, exactly how he does it. Here's how it goes. The coming of the lawless one, that's the Antichrist, by the activity of Satan will be with all power and pretended signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are to perish, because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends upon them a strong delusion to make them believe what is false, so that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in righteousness. I want to underline two things that I just read. He's going to come with all wicked deception. In other words, there's going to be an incredible power to this deception. And God says, because people refuse to love the truth, there's a natural judgment that comes as a result of that. In other words, there's a strong delusion. People lose their ability to discern who willfully reject truth and engage in sin. And that's exactly what's going on in the modern world. 
Now remember, St. Paul is saying all these things, the apostasy, the restrainer removed, the man of lawlessness and the Antichrist and the worldwide deception by Satan and Antichrist occur before the second coming of Christ. I just emphasize this because the rapture at any moment prophecy teachers on TV and the radio deny this. They say what happens before the second coming of Christ is the rapture or the bodily resurrection of believers and the apostasy and all these type of things will be occurring after the Christians are removed from the earth. Now, you're talking about a strong delusion. Here, St. Paul is writing to warn us about this wicked deception And if you're being taught by teachers you trust because they're holding a Bible in their hand while they're telling you this, and they're saying, you know, you're going to be gone before all this happens, you're not even looking. You're not even on guard for the strong delusion. And what's going to happen? Even some of those who are very sincere about studying Bible prophecy and everything else are going to fall for it. So let me explain what this is, this strong delusion, wicked deception, how this can take place. And I'm really jumping into the deep end here, because what I'm going to do is use Revelation 20 to show you how this can take place. And the reason I'm saying I'm jumping into the deep end is that Revelation 20 is perhaps the most difficult chapter in the entire Bible for understanding biblical prophecy. And by the way, when we go to study the book of Revelation, we're going to have to start with chapter 20, because how you interpret chapter 20 will color everything else. That's why the announcer before this broadcast says we're following Luke 21 radio in the tradition of St. Augustine, and that comes tradition of St. Augustine from Revelation 20. Let me just share this. In Revelation 20, this is how it starts off with. Says, I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain. Now, this is figurative language, but this really happened. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into the pit, and shut it, and sealed it over him. That, and this is a purpose clause where it says that, for the purpose that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be loosed for a little while. So when Satan is put into the abyss, chained into the abyss, and bound, he is restricted for the specific purpose that he should deceive the nations no more. You know, we should have this actually pretty well in our minds. The epiphany verse from Isaiah chapter 9, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You see, if at the first coming of Christ, again, a lot of the TV prophecy teachers says this will happen way in the future. Okay. No, this happened actually 2,000 years ago. They really got this one backwards. Okay. When Jesus said, go into all the world, all authority has been given to me, go into all the world, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, the Great Commission would have no effect because Satan's power to deceive the nations would be still in his power. 
but he is bound, not from, he can still do demonic possession, he can still do temptation, he can still come up with all his deceptions, but the fact of the Gentile world being under this ironclad deception is bound for a long period of church history, and then after a thousand years, and this doesn't mean, you know, we're on a stopwatch here, uh, the thousand years are ended, Satan's loosed. So if he's bound to be kept from deceiving all of the Gentile world, when he's loosed, verse 8 of Revelation 20 says he comes out to deceive the nations that are on the four corners of the earth. In other words, at the end of this age, what will happen is a reversal, and Satan is again allowed to deceive the nations as they were deceived with the same power, deceptive power, as he had before the coming of Christ. He was restrained. He was bound. He was kept from the deceiving the nation so that the Great Commission could have its work. So, that's what's going on in Revelation 20. In other words, at the end of time. And so, how, in coming back to 2 Thessalonians 2, how could Satan pull off this worldwide wicked deception is because he's regained his power right before the second coming of Christ, before the second coming of Christ. Again, the, a lot of the TV prophecy teachers says this is after the coming of Christ. And so they're going to be completely unprepared, and their radar systems are going to be clicked off because this isn't something we're looking for. There are four things that St. Paul mentions in chapter 2 of 2 Thessalonians, and one of these is the worldwide deception. And Revelation 20, it, it's, it's not like Satan, uh, for those 2,000 years of church history, couldn't do anything. He, it specifically says he couldn't deceive the nations as he did before the first coming of Christ, okay? Now, something that has impacted me I, I, there's no way I can really describe how great an impact of one who has studied prophecy for several decades was the vision that Pope Leo XIII had on October 13, 1884. I'm going to be reading to you some of the original prayer. It's a longer prayer, and I need to uh, put forth a very strong caution. I'm just mentioning this long form of the prayer. You can look it up on the internet, but you are not supposed to pray this prayer because it's an exorcism prayer, which means unless you're a priest authorized by a bishop to be an exorcist, you have no business praying this prayer. This is exceedingly high octane. But here's what this prayer says. Uh, by the way, in case you're not familiar with this, Pope Leo XIII basically saw Satan asking for permission from God to have at it for a century or so on earth. In other words, he wanted to be loosed, as Revelation 20 says, in order to gain the wicked deception of 2 Thessalonians 2. Here's the part of the prayer from Pope Leo XIII, that cruel, that ancient serpent who is called the devil or Satan, who seduces the whole world, was, past tense, cast into the abyss. All right? And then he says, behold, this primeval enemy and slay, uh, slayer of men has taken courage 
transformed into an angel of light, a deceiver, he wanders about with all the wicked spirits. See, if he was still in the abyss, according to Pope Leo XIII, he wouldn't be wandering about with all the wicked spirits. He was in the abyss, so he couldn't seduce the nations any longer. He's out of the abyss. This is what caused the blood to drain from the face of Pope Leo XIII when he saw this. And he's going about basically deceiving and trying to lead as many souls into hell as he could. And so the prayer ends. O glorious Archangel St. Michael, Prince of the Heavenly Host, be our defense in this terrible warfare which we carry on against principalities and powers, against the rulers of this world of darkness and spirits of evil. Pope Leo XIII thought we were in it, that we were in the final combat. And, um, you know, you can have differing opinions on this, but I'm standing firmly 100% with Pope Leo XIII, where he says, and beating down the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil and Satan, now listen carefully, do thou again make him captive in the abyss. Is exactly what Revelation 20 was talking about. Why? That, for the purpose that he may no longer seduce the nations. You've been listening to episode 35 of Luke 21 Radio. I'm your host, Steve Wood, recommending you regularly and frequently pray the prayer of St. Michael the Archangel. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.